It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.06 on a Saturday morning, 29, no, back down, 28 degrees right now. Hovered back and forth between 28 and 29 all morning long. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves at Georgia Gardener, and we are here to help you be more successful in your landscape. All you have to do is call us, 404-872-0750. You talk to Ashley Frasca for just a moment to get your name and where you're calling from and sort of the gist of the question. Jason Byers will make sure your voice goes out clearly over the air, and I will answer your question while you wait. 404-872-0750. And while you wait, let us give away, Ashley, the weekend prize pack. We've got to give that away. Ashley, we'll think of a number between 2 and 7, which will determine who wins a family four-pack of tickets to an Atlanta Gladiators home game at Infant Energy Arena. And four tickets to the Georgia RV and Camper Show, which is January 19 through 21. This coming weekend at the Cobb Galleria. Four pack of tickets to the Gladiators. Four pack of tickets to the RV and Camper Show. Ashley Fasca, who wins? Caller number five. Caller number five to our contest line, 404-741-0750. 404-741-0750. Please dial carefully and do not wake someone up. Let's go to the phones. we got Thomasina in Decula who joins us. Thomasina, hi, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? Um, I have lived in a house for two years. We have two pear trees, and they're two different types of pear trees. I don't know what they are. Um, okay. I get different, they need to be pruned. They need to be cut back, and I don't know when I'm supposed to do that. I get ah. conflicting information. Some say fall, some say winter. And I was hoping you could help. Well, for me, you know, my answer always is the right one, so <laughs> we'll just take my information. Uh, why do you want to cut them back in the first place, Thomasina? Um, the branches are hanging way, way down, and one of them looks like it's got some, um, that's what we were told we needed to do because they were really, one of them, I don't even know how to explain it. There's some stuff growing on the ends yeah. of them, yeah. and then they're just, the fruit that are coming off of it is uh, breaking some of the limbs a little bit, so I think it's just... It was older when we moved in, and they're just almost down. <laughs> I, know, I know absolutely what you're talking about, because my job in the summertime when I was a kid was to get limbs and two-by-fours and anything we could find to prop up the limbs of the pear tree that hung down, and the fruit would break the limbs off. And it's one of the gnarliest pears in the whole wide world, but it never you know, didn't die or anything. So it sometimes gets fire blight, but no big deal there, and it continues to give pears to this day. But my job was to prop those limbs up, and I wish that my father had known a little bit more like you. You need to prune the pears in the wintertime. That's what you do. So now is the time. Any time between now and the end of February is fine. Take a day when it's sort of sunny outside. Don't make it horrible, miserable cold like my father would do, of course. When he did (laughs) prune the pear tree, it would be cold. I'd be complaining. I want to go inside. I want to see the Flintstones. But no, we got to go prune the apples, prune the pears, prune the grapevines. Ay, ay, ay. So the, what you're trying to do, Thomasina, is to make the limbs so they don't shade each other out. And this is just basically you walking around the tree and saying, man, that, that limb is above this other limb. It's going to shade it out inevitably. So one of them has to go. Just whatever makes most sense to you, which is the most vigorous limb, or you'll have to make your own decisions. But you're trying to make sure all limbs have exposure to sunshine. That's number one. Okay. 
if there are any limbs that are crossing from one side of the tree, cross through the middle to the other side, they don't give them any pairs. Cut them off. Get this out, number two. Dead wood, you already knew to take that out, so that's number three. Um, essentially, this is an old tree, so I know this is going to be hard to accomplish, but essentially what you would like is one, one trunk, one straight trunk, and bunches of limbs coming out at different levels on the tree, one at about four feet, one at eight feet, one at 12 feet, one at you know, 14 or 16 feet. And so you just, with an old tree, you just have to use your instincts and figure out how to accomplish the no shading of limbs and separate the fruit, a little, or separate the uh, tips of the branches a little bit so the fruit doesn't bang onto each other when the fruit does occur. Oh, one more, I need to tell you about this. One more thing I wish my father had known is you thin the fruit on a pear in... May, I'm guessing, is about the right time. When the fruit on the pear is about as big as a... I'm not sure if I can tell you this. Thomas, you sound so young, but do you know what a marble is? You do, don't you? (laughs) Okay, good, good. All right, so when the fruit is about the size of a marble... I don't know why I thought you might not know what a marble is, but nonetheless, when the fruit (laughs) is the size of a marble... You thin it out some. You pull off some of the fruit so there's no more than two or three in a cluster together. When you have three or four or five, none of them get the resources the tree should give, and so all of them turn out to be stunted and not so big. And if you prune, if you'll thin the fruit a little bit so you have not so many clusters of five or six or seven fruit together, then you'll have better tasting and better looking pears on the tree. Oh, wonderful. Thank you very much. A lot to digest there, but I'm sure you'll do it, and we'll have beautiful pears this coming year, and we hope to hear from you again. Can I ask one other question? Yeah, just for you this morning, sure. <laughs> I have a pecan tree as well in the yard, yeah. and um, one year, our first year we lived there, it produced nothing. The next year we lived there, it produced really good pecans, Great. and this year it produced absolutely nasty rotten pecans. Yeah, pecan weevils and pecan scab. You have two problems there because... Everybody with a pecan has pecan scab and pecan weevil. So one of the ways you prevent this, or one of the ways you deal with it, maybe it's a better word, is to fertilize pecans regularly every year. And even though they tend to have an on-year, off-year, on-year, off-year cycle, you get better off-years if you fertilize regularly. So the way to do that is actually pretty simple. You go up to your pecan tree. How thick would you think the trunk is about chest high? How, How wide is the trunk at that point? Um, it splits just below chest high okay. and goes into two. Um, and just it, the point before it splits, how big is it before the split? I'd say probably four feet around, Ooh. maybe four and a half. I don't want it for around. I want it just the width from side oh, to side. Oh, the width. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, so I guess about maybe a foot and a half, two feet. Okay, cool. Uh, let's say it's foot and a half just for round numbers here. So that's 18 inches. Every inch denotes a pound of 10-10-10 fertilizer. So in other words, if it's 18 inches thick, you get 18 pounds of 10-10-10 uh, fertilizer and scatter it at the drip line and about 5 or 10 maybe feet beyond the drip line. That's where all the feeder roots are. And do that once in the spring when the leaves are big as your thumb. And another time in early summer, so it would be sometime in June, I'm thinking, would be about right. So early spring and then summertime, two fertilizations, 10-10-10. A pound per per inch of diameter, and you got some good-looking leaves on the pecan, and more leaves makes more nuts, more pears, more everything else, and that's what you want. Perfect. Thank you so much. You've been so helpful. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. We'll see you, Thomas. Thanks for calling. Jason is with us. Jason comes to Dunwoody, Georgia, and here he is on the air. Hey, Jason. Good morning. 
Uh, Jason from Dawsonville. Oh, Dawsonville. Yes, hey, sir. Who's, who's, oh, you just say Dawsonville, doesn't it? Dunwoody, Dawsonville, I, both of the D, what can you say? I'm getting old Good and morning. my glasses don't work so well. What can I do for you, Jason? <laughs> I'm wanting to start, uh, not necessarily a Christmas tree, but a uh, an evergreen similar to a Christmas tree, doesn't matter what kind, Yeah. Fr- from start to finish. Um, thought, I know it's late in the season. Um, i gotten a uh, pine cone from a real pretty tree up there in Gatlinburg. Oh, nice. And um, didn't know your thoughts on that. So why do you want to do it? I'm curious. Um, I just I, I'm love little Christmas tree type. It doesn't matter what kind, just yeah. any kind of evergreen like that. Just cool. want to start, start planting around the yard every now and then and uh, sure. just didn't know where to go with it. Nothing wrong with that. All right, so we got the pine tree. We got the pine cone, I should say, from the pine tree. Yep. And has the pine cone opened up so as you see some seeds in there? Has anything dropped out of the pine cone yet? No, it, it was uh, completely closed when I grabbed it, and I put it in a baggie, and that's where it's been since. Okay, so in the refrigerator outdoors in the garage, where's it been? Out there in the garage. Cool, that's fine. It's been exposed to cool weather. That's what we want. Um, take it out of the baggie first and leave it on a shelf somewhere in the garage with some newspaper underneath so if any seed do fall out, it'll be caught by the newspaper. Um, hopefully you don't have mice because the mice will come and eat the seed if you're not careful out there right. too. Um, in the spring, when the uh, cone is hopefully fully opened up, or maybe take a pair of pliers and pull the scales off the cone and to find the seeds. But in the spring, when it's getting relatively warm, we're going to go around the first of April. Would be a good time to plant those seeds that come out of the cone. Just plant them. Honestly, I'd probably plant them in a small bed to begin with, just in case some don't germinate. You'll have a little cluster of them together that you can transplant when they do get a little bigger. And so plant them on the 1st of April or so and see what happens during the spring and summer. You should hopefully get little bitty evergreen sprouts coming up. They'd be six or eight inches perhaps tall by the fall. And then in the winter of next year, when it's cool outside, you can transplant them to the place they're going to grow, where your permanent spot for them is going to be. Maybe put some protection around them so squirrels don't bite into them and so people with lawnmowers don't run into them. Right. Uh, so protect them, of course. And then you got little evergreens all over your yard, and you're happy. That's what I think. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. And, you know, they're, even though I know you want to do it from start to finish, seed to finish plant, nothing wrong with going to nurseries. And there's lots of nurseries in North Georgia that have a good selection of different kinds of pines and evergreens and spruces and uh, cryptomeria and just all the different kinds of evergreens. You could have a, just an evergreen forest, Jason. Really, <laughs> really nice in your yard. Play with it. Have fun. Get the variegated ones. Get the gold ones. Get the uh, the ones that are short and little dwarf things. Get the real tall, mighty tree things. Go for it. Do all, do what you want to do. So a lot of local nurseries have uh, just the seeds where you can go and buy different types of them. Just try it out. They probably won't have the seeds. They probably have seedlings, meaning the small trees. But okay. You're saving yourself a couple of years of work if you buy them at the seed link stage rather than the seed stage. So you decide what you want to do. Awesome. Thank you very much. You bet, Jace. Thanks for calling. Thank you. 16 minutes past the hour at News Talk WSB. Don't forget that one of the things you can do to stay informed and to maybe find some answers about questions you have during the week is go to my website, WalterReeves.com. And there's a lot of things that you can do there besides just use the search line to find. You know, how to control stink bugs in the house, which seems to be a big problem right now with the marmorated stink bug that gathers on the outside of houses when it's warm in the wintertime. And they wander around and get under the door, under the window, they go through cracks, and they get into the house. They really, really stink. So 
if you need information about stink bugs, of course, you can go on my website for that. But the other things that are there, too. One is the newsletter. We have a nice email newsletter that comes out every other Thursday and has articles and pictures and things that you can uh, learn from people who have sent in their problems and want me to solve them for them. This last go-around, we had a shrub pruning calendar that I thought everybody needed to see what to prune when and how to do it. I have a shrub pruning calendar that I put up. Another one about, let's see, what is this? The uh, branch, this woman says, I have a branch that's dripping and it's frozen an icicle way up in the tree. What is going on there? And my guess is that a squirrel was going across this branch and stopped for a minute to gnaw on the bark of a branch. And squirrels do that commonly. And the tree bled. As you know, trees sometimes drip when they're pruned or cut or damaged in the wintertime. And so my guess for her was that a squirrel gnawed on the branch. The sap came out. And even though the sap has a little lower freezing temperature than water does, it still is cold enough the last week for the sap to freeze. That's what it looks like, a big frozen icicle hanging off of the limb. So hopefully, I think I'm right about that. What's another question that was in the newsletter? Um, oh, the one with the pileated woodpecker. Oh, my God. The lady had a tree in the backyard that had died a couple of years ago. It was rotten, and something came in and just attacked. It just looked like a machine gun had gone through that tree. And I diagnosed that as pretty, pretty surely going to be a pileated woodpecker because they do such damage to trees looking for bugs and things. The tree was already dead, but it just shredded the tree in her backyard. It was a really interesting picture to see there. You can follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook, follow me on Pinterest, all those things available at WalterReeves.com. It's 819. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Dance music there for the Lawn and Garden Show. A quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security today. Wind and cold, 39 degrees this afternoon, 23 overnight. Tomorrow, of course, windy and cold, sunny, but still going to be pretty chilly tomorrow. Highs in 41, low in the mid 20s on Sunday. A full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Spencer is in Atlanta, GA, and calls us this morning. Hey, Spencer. Good morning. Well, good morning, sir. Yes, sir, Spencer. How can good I help? Cold morning. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a potted cactus plant, and um, yeah, a, a, a little other plant sprouted up out of the uh, the pot. Yeah. And it it was doing well, but what I want to know, Walter, is um, I've I've become fascinated with these cactus plants. And yeah, good. I live you. on the second floor. I I envy these people who have these problems with trees yeah. and lawn. And I stay on the second floor of a senior citizen um, dwelling. All right. And my landscaping is done by a landscaping company. They be out there with they blowers and yeah. they they do everything outside. So, but but you like the cactus though, and that's a I good like plant. the cactus. Yeah, good plant for inside. Walter, let me relate a little. The cactus was growing, and one piece came totally separated from the piece that was still in the soil, and 
it seemed like it reached over and grabbed the other piece and 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 um and attached to it. Really? Maybe a haint did that. We talked about haints earlier this morning. <laughs> there was little well, ghosts that do things that you don't know what's going on in the in their plant life. But uh, look, it it attached to it and it's still attached to it, Walter. Yeah, but if it's just if it's only on the thorns, on the prickles of the cactus, it's not going to graft itself to the cactus plant, I don't think, Spencer. Oh, it has grafted it. That's the word I was looking for, yeah. Walter. Uh, grafted itself on. But anyway, I'm fa- I'm fascinated with cactus plants now, and I live on the second floor. I don't have I don't have no landscaping yard to do or nothing like that. But my my planting has to be done in pots in in my apartment. I think the biggest thing to think about for cactus in the wintertime is don't put them real close to the window because the window has that draft. You know how windows have a little cold draft coming down the front. And if cactus gets in, <coughs> excuse me, Spencer, <coughs> if cactus gets in a draft, that is not the best situation for them. Oh, it's it's down on the floor now. But then you got to give it light somehow, don't you? But it has it has light, but it's not close to the window. Okay, all right. And you know, if you go to Pike, they got a bunch of different. They call succulents, and you might find other succulents besides cactus that you might like to grow. Jade plant, for instance, is a great succulent. grows inside the house very nicely. Uh, Christmas cactus, which is not really a cactus, but it's still a plant that grows indoors pretty well. And so there are lots of plants that go to Pike, and you can get a lot of different kinds of plants that can be used in a. In senior citizens' high rise where you don't have a lot of access to the ground, but you can put, grow things in the window. You might find some shelving. I know that one time they had a little shelving kit you could use to hang things on the window and put your plants there and just fill the whole window up full of plants. Spencer, thanks so much for calling. Good question. Cactus is not a bad plant at all to have as a hobby, growing cactus in your apartment there. It's 829 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 8.34 on a Saturday morning, 29 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves with Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful in your landscape and trying to save a little money. And to do that, we go to Pike Nursery because every weekend, Mickey Gasway chooses the Pike Pick of the Weekend. Good morning. Yes, that would be the University of Alabama fight song we're playing now. Now, I was, I'm going to be polite about that. Yeah, well, I'm sure here. everybody's excited for the University of Alabama <laughs> and their success Monday. Well, Mickey Gasway, there's always next year. We'll see what happens That's in right. the coming season. That's exactly right. But today... Yes, Pike's Pick. Let's go to the Pike Pick first. That's right. It's Pine Bark Nuggets and Mini Nuggets. And you know what? I knew that already because I went to Pike yesterday and got me four big bags of it in my truck right this minute. And then I looked around and thought, darn, those hellebores look so good. About three of those for another oh, good for 15 you. bucks a piece. So I came out spending more money than I thought I would when I went in. But I got those nuggets in the back of my car needing to be spread this afternoon. 
Good for you. That's the one thing you can do when it's cold. It's not bad to be able to put those out at all because there's no digging. You just put them in. <laughs> and, they, you know, they do make everything look so much better. Exactly. I was just about to say, like everything your is house. nice. It, it sure does. Yeah, it really does. And it's easy, pretty much an easy job, too. You just take a razor knife and slit the top of the bag and sort of dump them out in a line in the beds. In my case, I put them between the raised beds in my vegetable garden, sometimes around the perennials that I'm trying to keep the leaves off of. I put the nuggets around them. And uh, it just makes things look nicer. It smells good, too. It does. Oh, yeah, I love to smell them. That's a good thing. But I was particularly, now, this, these plants are not on sale. Let me reiterate that for our listeners right now. Hellebores looked great at the Toco Hill Pike that I went to yesterday. Well, they were yeah, well, they look good at West Cobb and every other pike I've been to. They've had beautiful hellebores, prettier than I've ever seen. The hellebores, the heuchera looked terrific, just fabulous in their big pots. You had some really nice euphorbias, just lines upon lines of those big, colorful, variegated euphorbia. Boy, it looked pretty. It looked really nice. And things yeah. that you could put out that don't have to bloom in order to be pretty. That's right. If you if you go in the greenhouse, I know here at West Cobb, you go out and it just like it it just lights up. It's yeah. so pretty out there. Of course, you have the violas and the pansies and other things that are in bloom right now. And if you have a hole in your beds that you need to fill with a plant, Pike has got that plant to fill the fill the bloom hole right there. But I really like plants that don't have to bloom in order to be interesting, and that's the case with heuchera and uh, the hellebores and with the uh, uh, euphorbias out there. They just look so nice. So nice. I love them. I really do like them. Um, the hellebores, I'm just really stuck on. And around here, um, we have deer, lots of deer, yeah. and that's one of the things that they usually will not they eat. They don't like hellebores. So that's a no. good thing, too. No. So let's go back to find the pike pick of the weekend is the pine bark nuggets, the mini nuggets, and the regular size nuggets. They're four for that's $10, right. which is why I headed over to pike, because I thought, that's a good deal. That's a, that's a good price on those things. So that's why that I That is a that. good deal. And I think what even do you better think, than twenty percent. What right? do you think is the difference between using the mini nuggets versus the the bigger nuggets? When when do you use one and use the other? Do you know? And and I don't know whether this makes any sense or whether it's got any scientific base or not. But it looks better to me. If I've got big spaces, I use the big nuggets. If I've got small spaces, I use the small nuggets. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, that's as good a rule as I can remember. Yeah, I can remember that. Big spaces, big nuggets. Small spaces, small nuggets. Sure, why not? And don't volcano mulch, please. Yeah. And volcano mulch Keep is when away. you pile mulch around the trunk of a plant or a trunk of a tree or a shrub, and that is never a good idea for the plant because bugs and no, critters live in that back. mulch, and you don't want to have it against the trunk of the tree. Pull it back two or three or four inches. That's maybe right. You tree. want to mulch the roots. You don't want to mulch the, the trunk. Exactly. That's what I always tell people. So, so let's It really does help. It, does, it, it, keeps them, it keeps the moisture and it keeps the leaves out. It's mm -hmm. a good thing. So, uh, oh, I forgot, we've got classes we, this week. We've got the bird class this week, don't we? That's right. We've got one at um, Swanee, and we've got one here at West Cobb, and then next Saturday morning we've got one at Lindbergh. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to do one at Peachtree City, but they're getting all their floors and everything, they're all getting redecorated yeah. down there, so we're not going to do it down there this week, but maybe the next time we will. And there is a new pipe being built in Milton, right? In Alpharetta? Yes, there is. I just found out from David Danzig, the WSP sales guy, because he said Pike is building a new one up in Milton, Alpharetta, somewhere up in that direction. And we may have a remote broadcast, so you better find out, because that's where you will be sometime this spring. Okay. He gets away. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Maybe they're not. Yeah, 
yeah, that sounds good. All right, sounds good. Store. Let's figure out where it is and how to get there from your house. And because it's on that side of town, it'll be closer to your house than it will be going to Beechtree City or Toco Hill or someplace like that. It'll have to come all the way across the way here. Yeah, but we're going uh, the one at Swanee's. Are, are you talking about the birds classes? Yeah, well, I know the birds class will be all the various locations, but the new store is going to have our remote oh. broadcast there. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. I, okay. I was off track. I was looking at something else. <laughs> so let's reiterate this morning. So the nuggets, both large size and mini nuggets, are on sale. Four bags, 10 bucks. Good deal. Can't beat it. That's it is the a thing deal. to get Two today. Two cubic feet. Two cubic Sometimes feet bags. You find them exactly cheaper right. other places. They're just a cubic and a half. Yeah. Hours or two Check cubic. the size of the bag. And that's, what, that's why mm-hmm. I was there yesterday because it's such a good price. And while you're at Pike Nursery, of course, look for other things, bird feeding supplies, as well as the heucheras and the hellebores and the euphorbias, which I love to death in the wintertime. Okay. So if we were to look for the Pike Nursery nearest to us and find out what the schedule is for the birding classes that's coming a couple of weeks, where would we look? Where would we look, Mickey Gasway? At pikenursery.com. In the University of Alabama. I never thought I would say yeah, it, but Roll Tide, they rolled over <laughs> us this past week. We'll, well, we'll okay. see you next Saturday, Mickey. Until, until September. Okay, bye. Say 41 at News Talk WSB. Okay, you can stop now, Jason. We're not playing that music anymore for another several months here. Uh, let's talk to Jane in Kennesaw. Hey, Jane, good morning. Thanks for taking Sure. Um, I have a friend who has some very mature blueberry bushes, yeah. and then I have two other friends who want them. And I am asking, can we, they're at least six feet tall, yeah. can we cut them back pretty far and move them? Yeah, sure. Sure. Okay, and do what's what's the procedure? You may what not is- have many blueberries this coming year because that's going to shock them back into a sort of a non-blooming, non-reproductive state for at least the first season. Uh-huh. Next year, next year, 2019 is when you got a big, huge harvest of blueberries on all that new new branches, new twigs that are come out after you cut it back. Okay. You know, I think the if you're going to cut them back, just go whole hog. Just put it, oh, two feet through 18 inches to two feet would be about right, it seems like to me. For okay. a six-foot-tall plant, cut it back, and then dig as wide an area as you can around it to loosen the roots. Try to get as many roots as you can possibly get. Don't worry about dirt around the roots. Just get roots. Keep them moist. You know, soak the soil a little bit to keep the roots moist until you have a minute to move it over to a new place, which you've already prepared. I'm sure you'll do that for me. Yeah. So you prepare you prepare the new place, you shift it over to the new place and plant it and pack the dirt around it, and they hardly know they'll be moved. Um, do we need to prepare the new soil in any way? Yeah, I think peat moss. I rarely tell people about peat moss for other plants because I think it's just it lowers the pH and it does other things for the soil that I don't think are beneficial for perennials and shrubs and stuff. For blueberries, I'll say peat moss is probably the good thing to use to amend the soil because it does lower pH, and blueberries do better at a more acidic pH than most other plants in the garden do. So for peat moss, about a cubic foot, they come in the little cubic foot bags, uh, about a cubic foot of peat moss for every, let me think here, for every, I need two cubic feet probably for every plant. Two cubic feet of peat moss for every plant you plant. That sounds about right. Okay, and no mushroom compost or any of that other stuff, right? Nah, not really. They don't need fertilizing for the first year much anyway. If I were to fertilize it, it would be with something really slow release like cottonseed meal, maybe meal organite or hollytone or something like that. It's a very slow release fertilizer. Okay, this right. is great. <clears throat> Thank you so much. A lot of work in front of you, Jane. 
Yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> it's not me. They're younger than I am. <laughs> a lot of supervisory work then, Jane. That's what you have oh, to yeah. do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've already got blueberry bushes. <laughs> All right. Let's have a great you. day. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Jane. we got Tony on the line in Stone Mountain. Hey, Tony. Morning. Hey, Tony. Hey. Hey. Uh, we just bought a, about a 40-year-old house from uh, my wife's grandparents, and yeah. they have a, a grow about six crepe myrtles. And uh, I was just wondering, you know, they're getting to the point where they're entwining with the power lines running into Ooh, the house. Yeah, we don't want that. Now, is it safe to go ahead and cap them off at about, you know, seven or eight feet, or should I try and pull the, the branches away and just trim where they run through the, the lines? Number one, be very, very careful and safe, and if you don't feel comfortable working around power lines, let somebody else do it, because mm-hmm. that's dangerous. So I'll put that out there first for you to consider. But the second thing is, yes, you can cut them back and keep them lower than the power line so they don't get all tangled up in them. And they'll bloom just fine. Just generally speaking, just use your instinct about which limbs. If you cut this one here and cut that one there and cut this one over here, it'll still give you a nice form for the wintertime to look at. Don't just take a chainsaw out there and whack it back or anything. But you, know, you can usually find a nice form by cutting back some of the limbs and get them out of the power lines. So still keep it kind of that. Uh, oval shape yeah. near the top. Yeah, exactly. I like a nice sort of vase shape. It goes up and makes an oval at the top. That would be real nice, but lower than the power lines. And you'll have to okay. do it every year, most likely. I mean, they'll get around their bigger plants, and they'll probably want to get up in the power lines again. So, Tony, you just have to do it every year and make a make a day of it in January or February to get it done. Okay, so the cold weather time is the, the proper time yeah, to do it. Yeah, now's the right time. All right, perfect. Thank you so much. Nothing to it. Thanks for calling. It's 8.45, and that gives Ralph a turn. Ralph's up in Jasper. Hey, Ralph, morning. Hey, good morning. How are you doing, Walter? I'm great, Ralph. How can I help? Uh, yes, just brought a house up in Jasper. I want to put some uh, fruit trees out, yeah. and I just want to know, if have, have I missed the window? Can I go ahead and plant them? <laughs> no, nah, man, now's the time. Either. Now is the best time in the world to plant those fruit trees. They don't have a lot of demand for moisture for the leaves, so they don't have any leaves right now. And you can buy, you get a good variety of, of fruit trees. You have both the local nurseries online is another place. You can get some, if you have a particular need for a particular kind of dwarf apple or a uh, variety of pear that you really like or something, you can find those online. But bare root trees online work just about as well as the potted trees you buy at local nurseries. And you get sometimes more selection online. But now's the time to do it. Well, fantastic. Now, should I prepare the holes any different? Should I put in organic material or fertilizer when I'm planting them? The only time I would do organic matter is if it was a dwarf, really dwarf tree, and dwarfs occur in different sizes of dwarfs. There's some that are dwarf at about five feet, some that dwarf at about eight or nine feet, some that even are called dwarfs when they're only 12 feet high. They don't get tall to 20 maybe feet tall that the normal size tree would. And so if it were a small dwarf, one that only gets five or six feet high, then maybe organic matter would make sense. If it's a, one of the taller dwarfs in a full-size tree, research didn't show any advantage at all in adding organic matter to the soil. Just loosen it up, make it nice and oxygenated where the roots can breathe as they want to and spread out where they want to, and the apple or pear, fig, whatever you have, will be fine. Well, Van Jack, you had mentioned earlier about the crab apple being a great pollinator for, for the apple tree. Boy, it sure is, yeah. How, how far away can I put that and still get the, the cross-pollination? I know my rule of thumb is about 50 feet. Whatever it seems like okay. a, whatever a bee can fly and not get too tired. So 50 feet sounds about right for a honeybee, maybe longer than that, but 50 sounds about right. Great. Well, thank you for your time. Ralph, thanks for calling.
Yes, sir. Bye-bye. It's 848 News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. Security brings a quick weather update telling you that you knew it already. It's cold outside. Right now, 28 degrees outside. High today, only 39. Low 23 overnight. Tomorrow, sunny, windy. It's windy right now. Dave Baker said it's really windy going on. I-20 coming in from Conyers. Tomorrow, the high, 41 degrees. Low in the mid-20s tomorrow. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Daryl's out in Lake, Lake Sinclair in Putnam County. Hey, Daryl. Good morning. Or Green County. Greetings, Walter. Um, over here in Lake Country, Society Garlic uh, has a border. A lot of my flower bed. Okay. Um, they'll reach the cold snap. They kind of, um, you know, are um, kind of suppressed. I got you know, some dead foliage and yeah. uh, still, got, still got green. I'm wanting to know, can I? And I've had it, but you know, for a while, can I just? that stuff down and for it to sprout back in the spring? Sure, sure, that's what I do. I've got both society garlic and regular garlic, and they look sort of ratty after the cold weather's come through a couple of times, so just take a, a weed whacker, or in my case I use a hedge trimmer, just right across the top of it, down to about two or three maybe inches, and neaten it up and end the story till spring comes. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Thank you so much, Walter. Do you know why, Daryl, they call it Society Garlic? Man, man, you, I talked to you before about this, and the best I recollect, it's been a while, about in the, maybe back in the in, in history, people would uh, would use that garlic. I think you told me to, uh, to, to, to take a nip off, but they could still go out in society <laughs> yeah, that's right. it wasn't quite so strong or something like that. You could be in society without your breath smelling bad. That's it. Society yeah, garlic. Me and you've talked about this species before. That's one reason. I, <laughs> I appreciate you letting me down there. And I, 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 I'm trying to recollect the story, but I... I uh, I thought I was I was pretty close yeah, on that. Yeah, you got it. You got it perfect, Daryl. Drive safely, my friend. Uh, thank you, partner. We'll see you soon. Don is in Oxford and joins us again on Lonely Garden. Hey, Don. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. Good to be with you, and uh, good. I appreciate you taking my call. I've got a cherry tree, yeah. and it's a little tart red cherry mm. and uh i had them up to the house where i used to live but I've, I've got one here at this house about eight years old and it bears every year yeah uh, it comes on stays on to till i get about the size of a match head and then they all fall off hmm. and I, I just wondered if you could tell me if i have to have a pollinator or what my problem is. They're generally self-fruitful, self-pollinating, so you don't have to have a pollinator. But my experience with even the tart cherries, which are a little more cold and summer tolerant than the sweet cherries are, is that they just don't, they're never going to satisfy you really well. Some years, like you say, they get to be a BB size and fall off. Some years the fruit gets to be thumb size and fall off. Some years the the blooms come on in February, they get frozen, they fall off. 
And so you just have all sorts of problems with the tart cherries and the sweet cherries too. I would never recommend a sweet cherry down here. Tart cherries maybe, but you chose it and that's what you got done. It's just one of those plants that you never can really rely on it having reliable fruit. You just get what you can and some years are good and some years are not so good. Ashley Frasca screened our call this morning, did a great job answering questions off the air, and I do appreciate that. Follow her at Ashley Frasca WSB to get all the latest traffic tips during the week. Jason Byers got our music this morning, kept us on the air, kept us humming and happy. I do appreciate all his good work every Saturday morning, too. If you didn't get your question answered, go to my website, WalterReeves.com. Find out about our garden trip to Croatia coming up in September this year. And if I'm here next Saturday morning, I will be happy to be here and host the Lawn and Garden Show. The Home Fix It Show is straight ahead. See you next Saturday.